Hey there. Thank you for listening to the Wesley Memorial Podcast. This is Clark Chilton, Associate Pastor of Contemporary Worship and Evangelism. For the month of September, we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about family. And the sermon series we're doing is called Family Life. We're going to look at some of the practical things the Bible has to say about marriage, singleness, parenting, and more. So dig in with us. We hope this series is a blessing to you. And thanks again for listening. Our topic this morning is marriage, and our text is found in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word so as to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind. Yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own body, but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason... A man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I am applying it to Christ and the church. Each of you, however, should love his wife as himself, and a wife should respect her husband. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. There seems to be many diverse opinions today in our society regarding what marriage is. For some people, it's simply a legal contract, primarily for the purpose of the distribution of property ownership. For some people, it's merely a declaration that one has discovered one's soulmate. For some in our society, marriage is but a path for finding personal fulfillment, and having one's needs met. None of these are bad things, but when the Apostle Paul writes about marriage, he means something very different, and he means something very much more. I'll be the first to admit that this text that I read a few moments ago has been much misused and abused throughout the history of the Christian church. It seems that when people get to this text, the only thing they hear Paul saying is, wives be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior, just as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be in everything to their husbands. But when you read scripture, when you study scripture, when you look at any text, you need to make sure you notice the context. Yes, Paul says what Paul says here to wives, 
about being subject to their husbands. But you need to understand the context here. Paul also says to husbands that they are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And we know how Christ loved, loves the church. Christ loved the church, loves the church with complete self-giving, with sacrificial love. We're also told here in this text that wives are to respect their husbands, but we husbands need to live in ways that make it easy for our wives to respect us. Over the course of my ministry, I've officiated in almost 300 weddings. And I see that the concept of Christian marriage as presented by Paul, particularly in this text, but really throughout the New Testament writings of Paul, is something very different than what our society believes marriage to be. When I'm preparing couples for their big day, preparing them for their wedding, but more importantly, preparing them for their marriage, I always make sure that we discuss two really important topics concerning marriage from a distinctively Christian position. From a distinctively Christian position, and Paul said it right here in this text, but sometimes it's not heard clearly, marriage should be a relationship of mutual submission. You noticed in the text that before Paul said anything to wives, before Paul said anything to husbands, he said first, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mutual submission. In the body of Christ as a whole, we ought to be subjected to one another mutually submitted to one another. That is a prevailing theme in the writings of Paul throughout the New Testament. You see, in the New Testament, Paul is not only telling us what to think, Paul is also telling us how to think. Paul is telling us that we need to think like Jesus Christ. Paul said it probably the clearest in the second chapter of Philippians. In the second chapter of Philippians, Paul said, let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. This is a mind that will lead us to mutually submit to each other, to mutually reverence each other as we have reverence for Jesus Christ. So marriage and really life in general from a Christian perspective, ought to be one of mutual submission to each other. One person should not submit more to another person than we are all called to submit to one another. We are in this world to help seek each other's highest good. So marriage from a Christian perspective, particularly Paul's concept, is a relationship of mutual submission. And then obviously I try to help couples understand that marriage from a Christian perspective must be based on a Christian concept of love. There are a lot of ideas in our culture about love today and a lot of people think they know what love is because we use that word so often 
But I think that usually in our culture, people equate love with some emotions, some feelings. Sometimes they confuse love with romance. Sometimes they confuse love with even lust and sexual desire. But in the Christian perspective, we understand that love definitely is not primarily a feeling. Love is an act of the will. Love is something that we choose to do regardless of how we're feeling in the moment and sometimes, perhaps oftentimes, contrary to how we're feeling in the moment. That is why when you come before a Christian pastor in a traditional Christian wedding ceremony, you are asked questions such as, will you love, comfort, honor, and keep each other in sickness and in health and forsaking all others? Will you be faithful to each other as long as you both shall live? And oftentimes I really want to add, even when you don't feel like it, you notice the future tense of that question, will you? We're not really that concerned about how you feel about each other in the moment when you come before the pastor to wed. What we're concerned about is that covenant that you're making with each other. What act of the will you're exercising, what decision you're making to love each other, even in those moments, even in those seasons when you don't feel like it. From a Christian perspective, love is not something that we fall into. We don't just fall in love. We have to make the decision to do love. We have to make the decision to live a life of love. So love from a Christian perspective is not just a feeling. There may be a lot of feelings associated with the act of love. There may be a lot of feelings that come about secondarily as our will to love one another develops. But the will To love is the decision to seek the highest good of the other person. C.S. Lewis, in that great classic, Mere Christianity, where he talked about basic Christianity, had an extended section on marriage. And that's an important concept because C.S. Lewis understood that marriage is not a peripheral issue to the Christian faith. Just as Paul here in this text in Ephesians is using marriage as an example between Christ and his church, the concept of marriage is critical to Christian theology. And that's why also in the 1940s when C.S. Lewis was producing what eventually became mere Christianity, he, he understood the difference between a civil marriage and a Christian marriage. There can be different types of marriages, but we ought to be very specific about what we mean by a Christian marriage. And a Christian marriage is based on love, and love is certainly not a feeling. C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity these words. People get the idea that if you have married the right person, you may expect to go on being in love forever. As a result, when they find that they are not in love, they think this proves they have made a mistake and are entitled to a change. If the old fairy tale ending, they lived happily ever after, is taken to mean 
they felt for the next 50 years exactly as they felt the day before they were married, then it says what probably never was nor ever would be true and would be highly undesirable if it were. Who could bear to live in that excitement for even five years? What would become of your work, your appetite, your sleep, your friendships? But of course, ceasing to be in love need not mean ceasing to love. Love is not merely a feeling. It is a deep unity maintained by the will and deliberately strengthened by habit, reinforced by, in Christian marriages, the grace with which both partners ask and receive from God. They can have this love for each other even in those moments when they do not like each other. So from a Christian perspective, we're very specific about how we define love. From a Christian perspective, the greatest illustration ever presented to humanity about love is our Savior dying on the cross for the needs of the world. Love is not something you feel. Love is something you do to seek the highest good, the highest welfare of another person. And in marriage, we make a special commitment, a special covenant to another human being that we will live in such a way with such kindness and encouragement and mutual submission that we will help that person become the person that Jesus Christ desires for that person to be. So, especially Christian marriages, if we're going to find them in the best sense of those words, is a relationship based on mutual submission and based on the Christian concept of love. Love as God defines it. Oftentimes in our culture today, people think that love is God, where the Bible said God is love, and that's a pretty big distinction. We believe in the importance of love is central to who we are, is central to the way we live as Christians, but we have to allow God to define that love and God to sit in judgment on that love. But oftentimes in this culture today, people think love is God, and then they define love any way they want to define love, and then they pursue that God of their own making. But the God that we know from the scriptures is love. He acts toward us in love, and the highest supreme illustration of love has been what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul here in Ephesians is talking about love is a symbol of the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church, the people of Jesus Christ. Good marriages create good families and good families create a healthy society. We need to make sure in the body of Christ, the church, the people of Jesus here in this world, that we are holding up the ideal of a Christian marriage and that we're helping one another to find the joy that can be found in a Christian marriage. 
most of us have seen throughout the course of our lives that marriage can bring some of the greatest joy we ever experience into our lives. But at the same time, marriage can bring some of the greatest pain that we ever experience into our lives. So we need to help people live in Christian marriage, those who have been called to marriage. And when we're in those marriages, we need to seek the other's highest good. We need to help the other, our spouse, become who they were meant to be in Christ. We need to see and serve Christ in our spouse. Husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. And wives should love their husbands as Christ loved the church. And as we live out this calling, this vocation, this gift of marriage, we display to the world the strong love that Jesus Christ has for his people. We display to the world love to the many people in our world to whom love is a stranger. Would you pray with me as we pray for marriages? Great God, we know that marriages can become great, great sources of pain instead of joy in our lives. And for anyone that is in a marriage such as that today, may your Holy Spirit redeem that marriage for your purposes. God, as we seek to make our journey throughout this life, as we seek to live as married couples for those of us who are called to that wonderful estate, may we be more focused on loving others than being loved because in doing that, we imitate Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.